You're listening to the Alchemy of Self podcast with Romza. The world is currently in a state of rebirth. All of the systems we have inherited are collapsing and failing us as a species. It's time for us to come together and create something out of nothing. If you crave deeper purpose, unshakable strength, and a life aligned with your truth, this is for you. This is for you if you are curious and not afraid to ask questions. This podcast is for those searching for their purpose and those ready to step into their full potential. For lovers of truth and those ready for masculine medicine, this podcast is an adventure that gives voice to a journey of healing, discovery, and embodiment. We'll challenge the old narratives we inherited and forge a new path. Join us in this fearless exploration of the multiple dimensions of being human, breathwork, mindset, healing the body, detox, and how to use the gentle way of jujitsu to make you unstoppable in your wellness, business, life, relationships, and more. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine, as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Hey guys, welcome back to Our Deepest Fear with your host, Romza. Today, I'm here with a very special guest. His name is Ryan. He's a father, a husband, an entrepreneur, and a lover of life. He's overcome stage four cancer and a near-death experience. He lives in Tulsa, Oklahoma with his wife, Caroline, of 20 years, along with their three children, his oldest son, Addison, daughter, Atlanta, and the youngest son, Arthur. He's an avid tennis player, coaches basketball, consults with people looking to transform their life, and enjoys exploring the depths of being human. He lives by the philosophy that peace is found in the mystery, and beyond the ideas of right and wrong, there is a field, a field of higher levels of consciousness. His invitation is for you to meet him there. Welcome, Mr. Ryan Lolf. How are you, sir? Hey, Rome. Uh, Honored to be here, buddy. I'm doing well, man. Doing well. You look good, bro. Thanks. I feel good. When you look good, you feel good. Yeah, for sure. I That's like true. It. That's true. Yeah. All right. So I was first exposed to you uh, through Facebooks when you were all kinds of fucked up uh, with cancer or getting well, right? Depending on the perspective of true. who's looking at it. And I seen some pretty intense photos. I remember there was one where you were like soup. You look like an African baby. Yes. But like white, uh, yes. you were super skinny and you had like the water in your belly already, which mm-hmm. for those of you that are not familiar with cancer, 
uh, a lot of the times that's pretty much game over. Like that's when you hit the reset button and you work from there uh, in another dimension. And then I was eating at a vegan cafe in San Diego and you walked in and I actually just came from Chipsa Hospital. I was getting some treatments. Yeah. And I was like, hey, that's that's that guy, Ryan, who was supposed to be dead, but he's not. <laughs> um, so what like what was the circumstances of your life leading up to that moment? Not when you met me, but the moment where <coughs> you were at almost at game over. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, looking back now, obviously there were there were signs, but if you don't know how to recognize those signs or you can't see those signs or you're not looking for those signs, then you just continue on thinking that everything is okay or everything is normal. I mean, for at least six or seven months, I'd been having night sweats, I had swollen lip nodes, and it really wasn't until I got these horrible headaches that persisted for a couple of weeks that I finally had people around me going, hey, you, you got to go get checked out. Because I had actually went to the doctor like a month before this in August 2015, and my blood work didn't show anything alarming. And so my doctor was like, oh, I just think you have a bad infection or whatever. I mean, I'm still playing competitive tennis at that time, you know, pretty active. But now, five years later, I look back and I start looking at like pictures and it's like, oh my God, the inflammation in my face, the way my eyes looked for years prior to that. And then thinking about some of the really, really high level stress events that occurred anywhere from one to five years prior to my diagnosis. And it starts to kind of put the pieces of the puzzle together. And it's like, oh, that really didn't just come out of nowhere. It, you know, I didn't get zapped by some cancer invader that's from the outside that just randomly hit me with cosmic bad luck. I was unconsciously, without my recognition, sourcing my dis-ease day in and day out without even knowing it until it got so bad that I had to face it. What were some of those earth-shattering traumatic events that happened between one year and five years before? coming out of uh, bankruptcy and the religious surroundings that we were in right then, some very high level spiritual leaders in that particular community pretty much told us like that we would never be blessed again, that we were under like a financial curse. So the shame and the guilt that I didn't know how to get rid of because I didn't know how to combat that belief system. I took them as it being truth and their words. I didn't realize like, this is just somebody's opinion. This is just speculation. The weight of that is tremendously crushing, especially for a man, um, you know, wanting to be a provider, wanting to take care of their family, wanting to do well in that area. So I feel like that was a big thing. And then uh, several years later, being sued for doing nothing wrong and just having somebody that had a lot more power and a lot more money try to ruin my life because they didn't handle the launch of their company well. And I had been a huge part of the first year success and then everything was collapsing. And now all of a sudden I was like to blame and be the scapegoat and just, you know, the stress of being served at my door with papers and just the constant stress. And then 
you know, going through forty, fifty thousand dollars and still being nowhere, and having my attorneys say you should just make peace with these people somehow because you're going to blow through another hundred and fifty, two hundred grand, and you're probably still going to lose. And so, you know, those were the kinds of things that if you didn't, if you haven't ever stepped into how to handle those things in high levels of consciousness, you know, life has a way of just eating you alive, man. And you will get sucked in and it will destroy you from the inside out. For sure. And those are the lessons. <laughs> those are the lessons, right? Like you don't know until you know. Right. You can read all the fucking books you want. And the reality is like nothing in life is going to be able to prepare you for, no, nothing outside of your life. <laughs> is going to be able to prepare you for your life like nobody knows Correct. your fucking your your shoes your path your, no. your steps no your road so what a blessing but so many people especially like in the environment we're in here in 2020 how many people are yelling in a sense from the rooftops that they know what's best for another human being's life i mean yeah. the absurdity of that when you really step back and think like we all have no clue how we really got here. Some of us have spent more time trying to figure it out that that than others. And then to, to have the audacity to think that I can predict the future in a way that I know exactly what you need to do in order to get X, Y, Z result or circumstance, which by the way, may not even be what I'm after anyway. You may be trying to take me down a path I don't even want to go down. Yeah. You know, this came up to me for me this morning when I was meditating I started crying during my meditation because I think of that a lot, you know, like, you know, like, I mean, those people, like I, I have deep compassion for, for all of those people around us at this time, because one, like they're scared. Right. And like, when we're scared, when our fight or flight is on and like, we can't fight or run, what do we try to do? We try to control things. Yes. So when I, if I'm scared of what I'm doing and the choices that I'm making, that I want you to make the same choices as me, because if you do, it'll make me feel more comfortable yes. that other people are agreeing with my opinion of these choices. And yes. Morning, I started crying and I was like, you know, I, like, I feel for them. Like I, I, I'm compassionate for their plight because you know that the rarest thing in this, on this planet right now is something that we have the greatest abundance of. And it's one of the most rarest like gems that that is shared amongst humanity. And I believe that that's kindness. That's loving kindness for ourselves and others. And you know what? Like every day I send those people love because like I know what fear can do to a person. Um, you do too, right? Because <laughs> oh, oh. like th those situations that you outlined, right? Like um, uh, bankruptcy and then lawsuit, like, those were just like, like it, they're here in time, right? But like in between those two situations are like the imaginary fear that has to do with the situation. Oh, so most sure. of our time, we're not reacting to something that happened. We're reacting to our reaction about something that happened because 100%. bystanders and like, um, like just arena uh, audience members as opposed to the man in the arena. Right. You know, right. The man in the arena just keeps moving. You get hit, yeah. you keep going. But we've been taught by our religious organizations, by our schools, by our parents, by our communities, by everyone around us that you can't be in the arena. That's for only for special people. No, you have to be an audience member.
and audience members have no control of their lives. <laughs> yeah, I, I could not agree with you more, Rome. I mean, I just think about you have, for an example, you have a group of people right now that they will verbalize things like, well, if everybody would just wear a mask for a period of time, or if we would just lock down for XYZ amount of time, then the virus would go away and then everything would be back to normal. Okay, here, here's reality. Maybe it would, I don't, I don't know, but maybe it wouldn't. So for an example, let's say for all those people that are on that particular, coming from that viewpoint, they demand that that's what we need to do. So let's say we all did comply and we did it for whatever, six months, two years, whatever amount of time, right? And then let's say that actually the opposite happened. It got even worse. The virus spread even more. There were even more people sick. In fact, the thing that they exactly thought was going to be corrected actually was way worse. Are they going to be able to go to the universe and negotiate back my two years? Are they going to be able to give me back the missed ball games, the missed life, the, the aging that's occurred? Like they're going based on the fact that they're trying to argue that they know without a shadow of a doubt, with, with total factual ability to predict the future, that if you do A, you will get B in this time frame. And the truth is, they don't really know. Nobody knows. Could be, don't know nobody, I don't know either, correct. I don't know anything, yeah. So, But I know so, I don't know. <laughs> right. And, and that's what I'm finding. Because like today, I had somebody that was bantering on my social media, but I happened to know them. So I just literally had their phone number in my cell phone. I just called them and we actually ended up talking for 45 minutes and it was much better and much different. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And they still feel very strongly about their point of view. And I feel strongly about mine, but it was like, Hey, let's talk some more. There was love. There was respect. There was listening. There was Okay, I can see your point of view. Okay, I can understand how that would make you feel. Like it was real. Be careful, bro. That's how I. That's how babies are born. <laughs> <laughs> but in this case, idea babies, right? Because back in the day, philosophers didn't debate each other to be right. They debated each other to figure out a better solution between two great minds. Mm. Like your perspective and my perspective, uh, both at some point down the line will be wrong. Correct. Um, the, the story of the Chinese farmer. Are you familiar? I don't think so. I want to hear it. All right. So there's a Chinese farmer and he lives on a farm like his farm in a small village with his son and a horse. And then one day his horse runs away and all of his neighbors come to his house and they say, you're so unlucky. Your horse ran away. Now you have no, like nothing to help you like plow your fields. And he says, maybe yes, maybe no. A few days later, the horse comes back with seven wild horses. <laughs> All of his neighbors come to his house and they say, you're so lucky. You have eight horses now. And he says, maybe yes, maybe no. A few weeks later, his son is trying to break in one of the wild horses, falls off, breaks his leg. Now he has nobody to help him again. He has all these horses, no son to help him. And all of his neighbors come to his house and they say, you're so unlucky. Your son fell off the horse and broke his leg. Now you have no one to help you. He says, maybe yes, maybe no. A few weeks later, while his son is laying in bed with a broken leg, the village goes to war with a nearby village and they're taking all the men, they're drafting all the men into the military, but they can't take his son. And all of the men die 
in that battle. His son is the only man left in the village. And all of the neighbors come to his house and they say, you're so lucky. You have the only man like of that age in the village now. And he goes, maybe yes, maybe no. And that's essentially the whole fucking story of our lives. Oh, I love it. Oh, that's so fucking good, man. Oh, I needed that story earlier. <laughs> I mean, get that, get I mean, I just, I just, wow, you're, you're teaching me, Rome. Like, it's so good, man. Maybe so, maybe not. I, I really don't know. But I'm alive and I'm here, so I might as well live. Because the truth is, it's when I get so stuck in thinking that I know how things are going to go that I probably sabotage everything I would want to experience as a human more than ever. Yeah, we all do. That, that's how we're taught. Because um, our, like, we are the descendants of the most scared. Because the ones that were the most scared back in the day were the only ones that survived. The people mm. whose fight or flight wasn't as developed, whose uh, nervous system was very open and they weren't yeah. very scared. Maybe they were very uh, brave, but not courageous, right? Because you can only experiment, experiment with courage when you're scared. Maybe they right. were very brave, right. uh, but they died. Why? Because they didn't learn. Like they, they weren't scared enough to continue living. There's a reason why we have points of view and it's because we are scared and we hold on to it like a fucking binky or whatever mm. it is that little kids do, you know, like mm. we're the descendants of the most scared. And it's really important for us to wake up and realize that it's the fear. Like right now we don't have those same problems that we did back in the day. Like there's no saber tooth right. tiger around the corner. Right. Uh, for, for a Republican, there's a liberal around the corner and for a liberal, there's a Republican around the corner. That's right. What scared of, but neither of which are, like, unless provoked, like, nothing's gonna, like, the only people that are getting beat up are the people that are going to protests and, like, doing this thing where they have this point of view, and, like, it's very, um, it's very aggressive. I'm Christian, I'm Buddhist, you're uh, Jewish, uh, fuck you, uh, or I'm right. liberal, you're, Repo it's like, come yeah. on, you're neither of those things, you're a human being, we right. have a very similar DNA, uh, our know, blood, our blood's probably red, you know, yeah. I'm guessing. I mean, I'm royal, so my blood is blue, but. <laughs> hey, I'm open to new possibilities, you know. <laughs> I haven't checked every person on the planet's blood <laughs> since the beginning of time. For sure. So what were you like as a kid growing up? Like, what, what were some of the things that you were, where did you grow up? You grew up I grew, in Oklahoma? I grew up in Tulsa, yep, in Oklahoma, yep. Um, and then, interesting enough, um, I was raised in a, in a Christian, you know, re religious, uh, upbringing. And my father actually was a, uh, a principal and the head of a small Christian school. So that's where I started, you know, schooling at, in kindergarten. Um, I've, I've now realized as an adult through some, uh, emotional code healing through this chiropractor that I met that, I actually um, picked up the emotion and the belief and the feeling of worthlessness around the age of five. Now, at first, I wasn't sure why it was around the age of five. So I spent some time like meditating, just kind of sitting with all of that. And what I find fascinating is that's the first time I believe I became conscious of the idea 
that I was being told that there was something wrong with me and that I was a sinner, that I was really bad by my natural nature and that I needed a savior. I needed someone outside of me to come and do something to transform me into what would be perceived as good. And what's so fascinating about that is because it was at age five that I remember going down to the altar in a church, you know, because that's what you did, because I was told I needed to get saved. But I think about how innocent I was really, I really was at that age. I didn't even know what I was doing. I was literally just being, in a sense, almost told or coerced. And then looking at the effects of how 30 years later, I feel like the full manifestation of never really getting out from under that belief system was staring death in the face and stage four cancer. So I look back now, you know, I was an extrovert as a child. Uh, I was, you know, loud. I was uh, a talker. Um, I think for the most part, I put on a front that I was happy and I, and maybe I even was, you know, I, I don't know if it was all fake or how much it was. I loved sports. Um, and you know, my mom and dad then started kind of, you know, evolving a little bit. And then my dad got out of education. And then the next thing you know, they're moving me out to Western Oklahoma, to the middle of nowhere, to a, a city called Woodward. And I always tell people it wasn't hell, but you could see it from there. And if you actually traveled out to where my dad would have to go and, and canvas for his insurance sales, there was another city called Guymon. That actually was hell. So I've been there. It, it does exist. It's in. What does that mean? Oh, it was just it, it, it just from my perspective, growing up in a city or around a big city, this didn't even seem like human life. You know what I mean? Like it had everything that I didn't know anything about, and it didn't have any of the things that I was familiar. So like, that like, for like me, what, like what? Like I'm just curious. I grew up yeah, in yeah, a yeah. city too. Like I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You know, like. Uh, like, I mean, in, in out there, you know, like kids wore like cowboy boots and Wrangler jeans and they chewed tobacco, you know what I mean? And that was like, you were in if you did that, you know what I mean? And I, I didn't do any of that stuff. I hated boots. I didn't like Wrangler jeans and tobacco looked terrible and nasty. And so then if you didn't do that, it was like, well, you were an outcast and, you know, they made funny. I was more focused on being athletic and playing sports and that didn't fit in. So I can remember like an eighth grade because I was small in physical stature. It was easy then, I guess, for people to kind of pick on me and I didn't know how to really combat that. So like, you know, I'd fall asleep on a two hour bus ride to a basketball game and then wake up and have just fucking gum all stuck in my hair because kids had you know, were just cruel, or they would pin me down in the locker room, you know, and, and just make me run into other guys' balls and ass, you know, with my fucking face, you know, and just, and just laugh and laugh. And then I was supposed to go out and perform. I was actually a starter on the basketball team because I was good. And these were supposed to be my teammates. And they had just done that to me right before the game. I mean, it was just a, yeah, just a really interesting, bizarre. And, and the whole time, because of my belief system, I just kept trying harder and harder and I just kept working more and more because I wanted to be valuable. I wanted to be worthy. I wanted to get rid of, it was like all those physical things that were happening to me were like 
my belief system telling me like, yep, sure enough, you're a piece of shit, Ryan. Sure enough, yep, you're exactly who they tell you are. That's why those things are happening to you. And no matter how hard I tried, I could never seem to, to get that all to stop. And by the time I was in my mid-20s, honestly, I just, I was fucking exhausted, you know? Like I just, and so then I would have these huge swings where depression for me looked like basically not getting out of bed for several days because that was my way of saying this, I don't even want to do this anymore, you know? And then in 2009, shortly before I turned 30, I actually wrote a suicide note and I don't know that I ever physically planned it out or would have ever been willing to carry it out, but on some level, I would have been just fine, you know, if Jesus would have come back because, you know, that was my belief system at the time, or I would have been okay if, you know, a car wreck would have occurred because at that point, I was not enjoying being human. I, I wasn't liking this. This, this was not, this wasn't interesting to me anymore, you know? And so who's to say then on some level, I didn't then eventually manifest my own cancer as a way to exit the planet, but not be criticized because nobody criticizes you for getting cancer, even though I would argue it might be actually a form of suicide. In fact, what do you get when you get cancer? You get sympathy. People feel sorry for you. But if I had went and hung myself, man, people would have been like, ah, oh, what a selfish bastard. What a piece of shit. You know what I mean? Like, so it's almost like intuitively I was looking for my way out without getting, because I couldn't take any more criticism. I, I just, ah, oh, I was at my max. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure if I'm familiar, but I, I believe that in, uh, in Christianity, it's, it's like the mortal sin to commit suicide, right? Oh, so absolutely. Like you're going to hell for sure. So right. can cancer is way easier than going to hell. Like at least you won't go yeah. to hell. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I would say some of the most, um, oh man, I, I can't think of the word, but some of the people that are having the most difficulty in life are Christians who have a loved one who's commit suicide because they literally don't know what to do Yeah. because their belief system tells them that they have to believe that they're in hell and every other part of them says that just can't be true. Yeah. The real mind fuck. I don't know if anybody's ever told you this, but do I have permission to to, to jump in? Oh, buddy. Tell I'm, you some stuff? I'm an open book, man. Uh, you are super fucking worthy. You're so much more than good enough. Uh, like you are a gift to this world, bro. Like you are such a gift like you're able to you you've been able to transcend the space of almost committing spiritual emotional and physical suicide through your cancer diagnosis you've been able to transcend so much obviously there's layers to the onion <laughs> but oh, you've been able to transcend the, the opinion of the doctors that told you you have no time left that you've been able to transcend figuring out how to organize funds. You've been able to transcend letting go of so many things that you're aware of in all the, the baggage that you've accumulated in your years. Um, you are a gift to this world. Like you are worthy, you are powerful. You're more than good enough. 
and you're not bad. You're a good person. You're genuinely a good person and you're not alone. Like, even though maybe like your community, like from your childhood, um, doesn't agree with your way of living, it doesn't matter. Like you have a different community, bro. There's tons of people that love you out there and you don't need to prove yourself to anybody, bro. That story of I'm not good enough and I'm not worthy, that brought you to this moment right here. Like that, that, that's my shit is like everything that's ever happened in my life, in your life, in all the listeners' lives that are going to be listening to this has led up to this moment. Every fucking pain, every struggle, every suicide note that they've written, every resentment, every hateful message that they've received, every hateful message that they've sent, every fucking person that they've punched, every person that's punched them, every fucking, every time that they got bullied, every time that they bullied someone else, every belief system that they took on, every belief system that they let go of, every time that they failed, every time that they succeeded has led up to this fucking moment right here, right now. This is the only thing that exists. That's it. Like it is the only thing that exists. And in this moment, you are more than good enough, bro. You are fucking powerful. You're safe. You're trustworthy and you can trust other people and you're not alone and you're a good person, bro. And you're lovable and Anybody that thinks otherwise, bro, that's really what they think about themselves. It has nothing to do with you. So I love you, bro. Huh. I love you too, man. I was just thinking about those uh, few days where we hung out in Vegas and that long walk we took that one night. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. Um, you had just moved into your house and uh, you, you let me stay. I, I think I was out there for some of that emotional intelligence stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, the, those, those moments add up and they, they add up to equal a life lived. Um, and I just, I just think your, your perspective and the way you just kind of articulated all of that, it takes away the idea that there's mistakes or it takes away the idea that I'm a victim. And it, what it really does is it calls into truth that it's all life. We're the ones that give it labels. We're the ones that decide whether we think it's this or that or whatever, but it's all life. It's all the experience. It's all part of being human. It's all led to this moment. And why would we sit around and speculate or argue that we would want to be anywhere other than we're here, we're alive. It is what it is. And we could assume that, oh, well, if I had made this different decision or if this hadn't happened or we don't know, we have no clue how one little minute detail was different, how much that could potentially have changed all sorts of trajectories on our health, our relationships, where we're at, if we're even alive. I mean, so it's pointless. Why do we even, why, why go there? Why, other than just to feel gratitude that we get to keep going. Because we have no other choice. Our mind has a virus in it. And there's only one cure for the virus, bro. It came to me like about a month and a half ago. Mm. And it's it's a vaccine for the virus. Mm. And I mean, are you open? Are you open? Oh, let's, I want to hear it, man. I want to hear it. You want a vaccine? Probably the one you're talking about will be okay. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Everything that has ever happened in the past 
everything that has ever happened in the future. Because when I say happened in the future, like it's already happened. Like the time, the timelines are all together. Uh, past, present, future, like we can alter the past, we can alter the future, we can alter the present. We can alter all of it. Now, this is the fucking vaccine. It's all been perfect. Everything that's ever happened has been perfect. Now, the, the virus is still there. And the way to make the virus, to make the virus like, um, how you say, uh, have Typically. erectile dysfunction. Okay. <laughs> how to make the virus uh, lose its libido inside of you. Okay. If it hasn't been perfect, then show me perfect. Can't do it. You can. This is it. Right. Yeah, this, this is, is it. This is it. This right. Is, this is perfect. This, this is, is perfect. perfect. <laughs> this is perfect. This isn't perfect. Like, it, there's nothing else. And when that really, like, permeates all of the cells, because a vaccine takes time to work. But but once it starts permeating the cells, when things come up, it's like, this is perfect. This is exactly what I asked for. This is not what I asked for exactly, but it's, it's what I needed to get to what I want. Let me ask you a question, Rome. What is, where, in your opinion, where does the part of our mind, our brain, ourselves come? I, I and I know I've done it. I've been guilty of it. So I'm, I'm, I'm but I, I feel like now I'm aware of it. So hopefully I'm not living, but I see so many people living in this frame of mind where they think everything should be fair. First of all, what is fair? How could any of us even agree on how you would define that? Is that not arbitrary? Is that not subjective? But what do you think? What, is that a virus within a virus? Like what part of ourselves even thinks that's what we would want? You know what? I think the, the meta, I, I like to work with meta ideas and meta principles because if we start going into like the sub niches, are you familiar with the idea of like a niche? So there's like, um, let's say like a macro, uh, micro, and then like a niche. So it's down the funnel. Okay. Uh, so that, that idea of fairness uh, can totally be uh, nullified uh, with the master vaccine of everything is perfect. Because when you really look at it, like fairness disappears if everything is perfect. And, and fairness and true fairness appears. The fairness of like the world the fairness of the universe, the fairness of what the Taoists call like the Tao. It's, a, it's what was before God, before the universe, before. It's, it's the seed, whatever that is, the balance. And that is fairness. Uh, perfection is what I feel that we are due, <laughs> due uh, to realize. And when, once we realize that perfection, that we are perfect, I am perfect, you are perfect, the situation is perfect, they are perfect. Have you, are you familiar with the story of the little light? No, but if it's as good as the last story you told oh, it's a good 20 one, minutes bro. ago, I want to hear it. It's a good one. So there's a, there's a little light, and the little light is in heaven with God. And the little light wants to experience its light, but it can't because heaven is all light. It's all bright. And it can't experience its own light. So it asks God, God, I want to experience my own light. And in a moment, in a snap, 
It's surrounded by darkness all by itself. And the little light is terrified. The little light is so scared. The little light doesn't know what to do. And at that moment, the little light asks God, why would you do this to me? I'm so scared. I'm so terrified. I'm so alone. And God says, you wanted to experience your light. And the only way to experience light is in the contrast of darkness. The only way to experience light is in the contrast of darkness. Wow. So what contrast do each of us need to have brought forth so we can then be heightened in our awareness and our gratitude of the thing that we may so easily be taking for granted. Everything, everything that we're experiencing right now is perfect. Like everything we're experiencing, like once we understand that, like we are not just the light, the dark, we're also the pendulum that swings in between. We're also the observer of the pendulum that is swinging between the light, the dark. And once we realize that none of those even exist, not the observer, not the pendulum, not the light and the dark, that's when we can truly find our balance because none of it is real. We're just trying to grasp onto the rocks of the river, of the flow of the river. And there's no need, like just enjoy the ride. And then when the ride is over uh, and the river's turbulent waters take you wherever they're taking you, like celebrate with your friends that you're there. And that's it, like that, that's all we can do. Um, you know, like, uh, most of our fight is usually with ourselves. Yeah. What did you want to be when you grew up? Rich. I love it. Yeah. Did you have any idea of like how or what? No, I think I just, um, I think subconsciously I assumed that if I was rich, then I'd be, then I'd be good enough Mm. or then people would leave me alone. Um, I think, on some level, that was going to be my layer of protection. Um, and what's interesting is, is the truth is, is that I am rich. I have been rich. Um, I'm always rich. Um, but I don't feel like I've always um, handled money in the way that I'd like to handle money going forward. But now I feel like I'm actually aware of what was going on at a subconscious level that caused me to earn a ton and then constantly send it away, send it away, send it away. Like either overspending, uh, being just reckless with it, uh, you know, um, trying to virtue signal through my generosity when really it was unnecessary. Um, and it was very subconscious. You know what I mean? Like, and you talk about having to make peace with something, you know, I mean, I figured up, you know, I don't know, like to the penny, but it's like, when you do some math and you're like, oh, wow, I've had probably at least $7 million come through my hands and you temporarily in the moment don't have a whole lot of that left to show for it. Um, you talk about contrast, talk about an opportunity. You know what I mean? So I still want to be rich in the sense of, you know, I've experienced having resources, money, options, And in this time and space reality on planet Earth, there's just certain things that you can do and experience in the physical that are much more challenging if you don't have those resources or those things. Um, But 
having the contrast of getting to realize I'm totally enough, I'm totally worthy, I'm totally valuable, and I can be perfectly content and happy on basically almost nothing, you know what I mean? Then it changes the motivation and reason around the fact that I still prefer to be able to access those resources. But now I see it more through the lens of how do I create value? How do I serve humanity? How do I do things that yield that in return? Not to prove that I'm worthy, but to embrace that that is the economy. That is how the system of economics work. And I'm honored that I am healthy enough mentally, emotionally, and physically to choose to take part in that so that then I can benefit from what is set up here on earth, if that makes any sense. A hundred percent. It makes total sense. It makes total sense. Money is a, is a, is a flow of energy. How you were just describing it, that you've had $7 million flow through, um, through your hands. It's, 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 it's perfect because that riverbed is already created. Like it's a, it's a wide river. I mean, obviously if you keep like comparing, you can never get wider. Oh, sure, like, of course. But right. like the, the river is like the riverbed is there. Like just it's dammed up somewhere. Yeah. Uh, you know, we dam it up with our beliefs and our ideas and, yeah. and our lack thereof too. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And the neat thing is, is that this year, uh, you know, it, it's hurt. I mean, uh, this whole, you know, 2020 uh, has has not been kind in the sense of the way it affected us business-wise and financially and all of that. But it's probably freed up more of those rocks that have dammed up the river than any time I can remember in my entire adult life. So, yay. Like, how could you not be freaking fucking excited about that? Like, yeah, it's, it's almost like I don't even care that I've got a few inconveniences, if you will, in the temporary, because I am so clear that it's the inconveniences and the contrast that even gave me the opportunity to see where the rocks were dammed up, that I could walk over there and go, oh, let me just move that out of the fucking way. <laughs> I mean, it's just so awesome, man, when you have this empowerment to continue to see things in a way that only serve you well. It's a beautiful way to look at things. So what are some of the things that like you've been focusing on now? Like when we got on this call, um, I heard you, you were doing some coaching or consulting. Like what are some of the things that you're doing now to provide that value that you spoke about? Yeah, you know, I just, I honestly, I hadn't been doing any consulting or coaching for three or four months. Um, and I just kind of opened up that opportunity and kind of started making that public that I would do some of that again. And so, you know, um, I've had a handful of people that just wanted a one-time consultation um, and then that was what they needed or that was enough. But then several of those, I've got three clients now that it led to, hey, I want something more deep. I, I want to go further. I want more sessions. I want ongoing. Um, so that that's happening. And then um, I just decided that I wanted to reconnect with a very, very special person um, right before I got diagnosed with cancer five years ago, I had just gotten my mortgage license and I'd met this incredible human being here in Oklahoma that just the way he runs his company and the way he handles stuff just really resonated with me. And so I was actually in the process of, I was going to, you know, basically be a loan officer and build a mortgage business within his business. 
and then I got really sick and just never could could happen. Um, and I won't go into the details necessarily, but the way they treated me, the length of time they allowed me to stay on as an employee, uh, they provided basically for me to have health insurance during my, my entire cancer journey, the contributions so many of the employees made, the generosity, like it was almost like they were guardian angels. Well, I've just always had a high level of trust and, and love and respect for this guy and that company. And so I recently reconnected with them and, uh, that industry is actually booming and exploding and is in a lot of ways benefited from all these challenges we're facing. And they're really wanting to go to the next level in Tulsa. And so I just actually got my mortgage license again, and I'm going to be adding that into uh, my future and, and really be focused on that going into 2021. Um, and then interesting enough through COVID-19 uh, and being at home a lot and kind of the lockdown and stuff, uh, I've been teaching myself stock trading um, as well. So I, I've kind of let go of feeling like I just had to have one thing that I thought had to support all my, you know, livelihood or my dreams. And I've just started almost enjoying more of letting different things that just seem interesting to me or, and not putting so much demand and pressure, like I feel like I have in the past that actually would end up then like almost, um, smothering, something that could have just been a nice part of my life instead of thinking it had to be all of my business or career life, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Total makes sense. Totally makes sense. About a few months ago, I had this realization that uh, what was causing a lot of stress for me was my whole life. People were like, are you this or are you that? Mm. Are you this or are you that? And the idea for me was like, uh, I've done a lot of things in my life. Like yeah. I, I'm like really curious and interested and I'm essentially a polymath by nature. Uh, are you familiar with the term polymath? I'm not. So polymath is somebody who um, can excel at many things like Leonardo da Vinci or even Albert Einstein, Thomas Edison. Uh, I mean, the list can go on and uh, Joe Rogan could be a polymath, right? Yeah. Like, so... I, I didn't know that that even existed. And a few months ago, I realized, like I've known I was a polymath, but I still had like the shame and the guilt of like, mm. I don't know what I'm, what I am. It's or not whatever. clearly defined. It's yeah. not structured. Yeah. yeah. And then it was just like, I am that and that and that and that. And that's it. Like, that's just what I am. I am like, that. I am that. Yeah, that. that I am that, that and that and, and that, that and that and that and I might be that at some point, and I might try that, and yeah. that looks kind of curious too. Yeah, I mean, it just it came from doing a lot of like shadow work, and what I realized is like I'm every if I'm everything, then I am that and that and that and that and that, and and I get to experience, taste whatever the fuck I want without having to explain myself. Yeah. for what I want to do or who I want to be. And I get to restructure that at any given moment. They say that our cells fully regenerate. They used to say seven years. Now it's one year. Mm. Um, the, the Ayurvedic, like in India, uh, in India, Ayurveda, they've known that for thousands, for about 5,000 years, they've known that it takes one year to regenerate. And Western medicine mm. was saying seven, but now it's like, pretty solid that now they're saying now it's one so you can yeah you 
you can be a brand new person at any given time. You just need to clear the, the field of whatever plants you don't want, right? And then refertilize the soil, replant the seeds, water them, take care of them, because the grass is only greener where you water it. So we have to make sure that like we just water those seeds in a year or so, whenever we're ready, whenever we keep knocking on that door, watering those, those seeds, we'll be eating fruits. It just takes some time and that's okay. It's okay, because that's the journey. Like we have to learn how to walk like fucking alcoholic Bambi. How do you spell, is polymath just, oh, I, I, I wanted to look it up. Polymath, P-O-L-Y-M-A-T-H. This says it's a noun, a person of great learning in several fields of study. Love it. Oh. Yeah. A lot of people just don't know that, like that, like essentially it's a generalist. It's a person that's a generalist. Um, like we're in a world of specialists now, but the reality is like we're seeing with COVID, like specialists go extinct really, really quick when the environment changes. Like mm. if, if you're a specialist and you only hunt saber-toothed tigers, once they go extinct, like you, you're, you go extinct. Right. And if you don't have the ability to adapt or be flexible or change or see yourself in a new role or think that you're capable of being smart enough to learn something that you're not currently up to speed on, you, you could get yourself into kind of a pickle. Yeah, 100 percent. The world, uh, it, not the strongest don't survive. It's not the strongest. The strongest break, the fastest slow down <clears throat> or they get tired. And the reality is the only ones that really survive is nobody. (laughs) That's the reality. But the ones that pass on their genetics are the most adaptable. And that, that just reminds me that what I keep coming back to over and over and over again, Rome, is I don't know how things are going to unfold. I don't know how this new pursuit in the mortgage industry is going to go. I don't know if I'll ever be great at stock trading. I'm not exactly sure if you pay me to coach and consult with you, if you're going to get the exact thing in this moment that you think you're looking for. You're going to get something. I'm going to do everything I can to be engaged and show up. I don't know, uh, you know how to help the world function and be as healthy and positive. I don't. But the thing is, is that I'm aware that I don't know. I'm still going to do my best to figure things out, to trust my intuition. And I'm going to live on some level with the outcome and the results. And I'm not going to think that, well, if I, if I would have just done this different or, oh, I should have done that. Like, how often do we look in reverse, okay, at our life? And we then make the assumption, well, you know, if I had just sold that stock there, or if I just made that decision in my marriage there, or, you know, if I had just told my kids one more time not to, we assume that we know that the outcome would have been what we think we desire if we had done it different. And the reality is we don't actually know that. We don't. For all we know, we could have done something different and the outcome could have been what we would have perceived as worse. That is truth. And we have so many people that, for whatever reason, just are not far enough along in their own evolution and journey to be able to go, oh yeah, that really is true. Like, 
that yeah i don't i don't know i i don't know mm. i just don't know but this is what i think at the time this is I, i'm not going to also be paralyzed i'm not also going to be apathetic because i'm here and i want to do shit and i want to experience things and i want to go for it in whatever way that i can and if down the road i find out that's not such a healthy way to go about it i'll just adapt i'll shift I keep coming back to whatever I have to face, I am capable of navigating it. I don't want to lose my wife in a car wreck. I don't want my kid to get his arm chopped off. I don't want to face cancer again. I don't want to be homeless. I don't want a lot of things. But what I have to do in order to suffice the part of my brain that tries to attack me with all that fear is I don't know if that'll ever happen. It probably won't. But if it does, what I will draw on is that I know I am capable of navigating it. That is truth. I am capable of navigating anything, all things, no matter what. Yeah, and worst case scenario is you die. And that's that's the best case scenario at the end anyway. So it's like, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, right. Yeah. Well, so that's the worst that could happen, and it's already guaranteed. <laughs> I mean, so it's like, who cares? Just do whatever the fuck you want to do. There, uh, uh, the, there's a Zen koan that um, that goes like this. It's very short. Um, the great way is easy as long as you don't pick and choose. So, what does your daily life look like now? Like, what time do you go to bed? What time do you wake up? What are you eating? Are you still doing Gerson? Um, like what, what kind of like training are you doing? What are your leisure activities? Yeah. Uh, so honestly, most of the time I don't go to bed till, you know, between 11 and midnight, sometimes even later. Um, and, uh, there's times where I'll think I want to change that up or I want something different, but what naturally always happens is, it's not until 9.30 or 10 that the children are asleep and done and put down. And there's really that opportunity and time to spend with Caroline. Um, whether it's deep conversation, sexual intimacy. Or other just, deepness. Or other deepness. <laughs> uh, or, or just, we've been wanting to watch a show on Netflix together and it just hadn't happened. You know what I mean? Because um, you... You got an eight-year-old and a 10-year-old that were homeschooling at the moment. Um, so, and then most of the time, uh, I, I wake up anywhere in that, you know, uh, 6.30 to 8.30 range. And I'm not big on alarms. So I just kind of let my body dictate that unless there is something I specifically have to get up for because it's my day to take Addison to school, our oldest son who still is in school. Um, or... I've got an early phone call or I'm wanting to uh, specifically make some stock trades at, at a certain time when the market opens, you know, that type of thing. Um, I, I intermittent fast for the most part. So uh, most of the time I don't really eat anything other than just drinking lots of water, maybe a, a bowl of grapes or a fruit snack like strawberries or a banana. But for the most part, I usually don't eat most days until early afternoon. Um, I just find that I have the most mental clarity, the most energy, but 
some days I wake up and I'm like really hungry. And so I'll just make myself a boat, a bowl of oatmeal and have some Ezekiel toast. Um, and I don't, I don't like tell myself like somehow I'm no, I just that day. I, that's what I want. You know what I mean? Or some days I'll just make a big smoothie at 10 and maybe that's not what I regularly do, but that's what I want to do today. You know? Um, and then, uh, lately, you know, most days I have at least one consulting call or I'm in the middle of an ongoing, like three month coaching program where I'm, you know, having to be on a session. Um, and then right now I'm going through a six week training program to really learn how to be a, a, a phenomenal loan officer. Cause I've not actually really ever done that before. So the company really wants me to really make sure I'm up to speed. They have an incredible reputation and there's a lot of technical aspects. I know I can handle all the rest, like connecting with people, the sales part, marketing, but there is some stringent details that you've got to be able to pay attention to so you don't get far down into a loan process and people's made all these decisions. And then all of a sudden you realize, uh, we ain't underwriting that loan. That ain't going to go through. So I'm taking that on about three hours a day currently. And then I play tennis three, four, five times a week. I'm in uh, what's called USTA, United States Tennis Association League. Uh, I'm, I qualify for the 40 and over. <laughs> so nice. like I had a match last night. Um, it was like a two, two and a half hour doubles match. Oh, I loved it. It was, it's just so much fun. 4.0 is pretty competitive. Our team's undefeated. It's a lot of fun. And then um, I coach uh, basketball. So we're in the off season for my oldest son's AAU team, but I'm kind of the director of that. So like we have a tryout this Saturday night and I've been working to kind of add a couple of key components. I'm trying to recruit a couple of kids that we've viewed that played on other squads or that we really want. And so I've been making that happen kind of behind the scenes. And then I'm the coach of my eight-year-old's uh, basketball league that's about to start. And we practice twice a week and I got to handle that. So, yeah. And I don't subscribe to an exact diet. I still eat a high plant-based lifestyle. Um, I prefer not to eat more than about three or four hours a day. That just That's what works for me. But I just don't really subscribe to the concept of good food, bad food, healthy food, unhealthy food unless my body doesn't resonate with it, then that means it's not working for me and I'm not gonna to continue to put that in. But the way I like to tell people how I choose to go about it is I can tell if my body wants more of something or not, I feel like. And I know when I'm thriving physically, mentally, and emotionally, and I can tell if there's a difference in what I'm intaking. But I also leave room to truly eat food at times for nothing more than the satisfaction of it fucking taste incredible. So if I go over to my sister-in-law Shanna's house, she makes this most incredibly delicious banana bread. And there are times we have shown up to her house and it's like, I think she did it on purpose and she's like, and she knows how much I love it. And she's like, Ryan, fresh banana bread. It's still hot. It's right over there sitting on the stove. Listen, Rome, I'm not fucking asking what the hell she put in it. I don't give a goddamn crap if she added two pounds of sugar, if there's dairy products. I don't give a fuck because I'm going to eat some and I am going to savor every bite. And as far as I'm concerned, that is the healthiest thing I could do on the planet right there because I get so much satisfaction out of that time. But I don't have any desire to eat that shit 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So who gives a fuck? Like, 
So I just feel like I found this ease to where I balance. Yeah, I'm conscious of what I put in my body. And I'm also highly aware that occasionally I'm not conscious at all other than the fact of, whoo, man, that shit's good. <laughs> I love it. Uh, all right. So this is like an imagination round. Okay. Uh, what is one thing you would love to upload into the minds of everyone in the world? I would love to upload in the minds of everyone in the world the ability to see that there is a level of consciousness beyond everything being right or wrong, good or bad, black or white. What is one book that you find yourself recommending over and over again? Letting go, letting go the pathway to surrender by David R. Hawkins. Great book. What's music that you're listening to nowadays? Whatever my kids are into, because they kind of control the radio when I'm in the car. And then what I find is I end up listening to that when I'm all by myself because it's what I know. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So like the song that I, I don't always remember, I don't always know what genre it is. I don't always remember like the artist and I don't always necessarily know the lyrics. I just like, if I heard it, I'd be like, oh yeah, that, I like that. Um, but there's a song that I am familiar with the title. I have been noticing the lyrics. I do know the artist and it just keeps coming on. And I find it very fascinating. And it's by Justin Bieber and it's called Lonely. Oh, great song. And with there Benny, is a with line. Benny Blanco. Yeah, there's a line in there that says, what if you had it all, but you had no one, one to, to call? call. Yep. Uh, yeah he's got another one called holy he's been put cut him coming out with some oh, good stuff brother recently. my kids love that song because we all sing it together yes i love that one too so yeah, yeah he's got go. some good stuff recently yeah, yeah it's that darkness bro the darkness brings out like the best fucking art like mm-hmm. the greatest art was always created during the darkest periods like I have heard more, I have seen more music released this year during COVID by some of my favorite artists and artists that that weren't my favorite, that became my favorite. Right. In the last 20 years. Unbelievable. At least. What a a great perspective, Rome. I love it. it, It's like we've always had this thing that during the darkest times um, where we've had to go introspective. Yes. we we've created the greatest art the greatest art yeah what is your favorite ice cream combination that you would want custom made for you i mean all i need is cookies and creams ice cream buddy that's it there i don't need nothing else and i could i could devour a whole tub of that shit (laughs) i love it oh I think I'm going to go buy some now that you asked me. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. All right. If you were a food, if you were the food, what kind of food would you be? Cheese pizza. Cheese pizza. Yeah. You know why? Because it makes every kid happy on the fucking planet. I love it. Deep dish or just regular like New York style? Just like uh, most kids don't necessarily want deep dish. Um, they don't usually like thin. So in Oklahoma, we call it original crust. Got it. Yeah. New York style. New York yeah. Style. I would be that, that thing that all adults bitch about because it's too plain for them, but they never buy enough of. And then all their kids gripe why there's no pizza left. 
And I'm like, because you bought three sausage and pepperoni and Supreme and you had 29 kids and two adults and you bought one cheese and you won't accept that that's what they want. Yeah. Yeah. Just because you have some fucking weird, complex taste and insecurity that you've developed over the years of eating pizza. (laughs) All right. If you were an animal, what kind of animal would you be? I'd be a fly. Mm, why because there is a part of me that actually gets a little satisfaction from annoying the shit out of fuckers and stirring crap up and kind of pissing them off i'd be lying if i didn't tell you i get a little satisfaction in being that person but i also would love to always be in the room and get to observe and hear and pay attention to the shit that isn't always put out in the public and shit on them when they're not noticing absolutely (laughs) Yeah, and just (laughs) or when I don't want them to know that I'm there because they'll go get the fly swatter, I'll just quietly sit in the same spot and soak it all in. I love it. What kind of car would you be if you were a car? I'd be I'd be a Honda Accord because um, all the great teachers gather in one Accord. That's sexy, bro. That's sexy. You're like a wordsmith now. (laughs) All right. This one is also imagination, theoretical for some. If you were dying right now, what would be your last meal? Chips and salsa. Clint's salsa with uh, organic Tostito blue corn chips. And I would eat the entire jar and it'd probably take a bag and a half to do that. I love it. And I would, yeah, that is like my go-to snack. What? All right. This one could be as long as you want, as short as you want. And with who? Your last experience on earth, who would it be with? What would you be doing? Skydiving with Caroline. Because it would only be that she knew it was our last time together that she'd be willing to do it. And I would get a thrill, one, because I've always wanted to do it, but the thrill of having her do it, even though I know she'd be shit in her pants, but she would do it because that's who we are. The combination of the thrill of me wanting to do it and also seeing her have to push through something that would absolutely terrify her that'd be a fucking hell of a way to go out. I love it. And I just, there's nobody on the planet, you know, we've been together 25 years and I I don't want to get all like sappy and stuff, man. No, do it, do it. But I'm telling you, dude, um, when I really think about the fact that another human being would want to continue in the way that she wants to continue to do life side by side, hand in hand, after everything we've gone through, not only outwardly, but the things we've had to work through together inwardly. And for someone to constantly decide it was more worth it to keep going than it was to walk away Not that that makes us better than the people that chose to walk away in their relationships. I don't mean it in that way. 
I just mean, I don't know that I could have ever imagined we would be able to have what we have now. And the only way we would have it is for us both to keep saying, let's just keep doing it. Let's just keep working it out. Let's keep trying. Let's keep going to the next level. And, you know, that doesn't mean that we'll do that forever. But right now, that's what we've continued to choose. And to think that, you know, I mean, we've been through infidelity, bankruptcy, miscarriage, stage four cancer twice, losing everything, being on food stamps, um, having deep, deep resentment towards each other in areas such as sex and money. And to think that we found a way not only to work that out, but then to then start having those areas go from being stuff that just pissed you off to no end to actually them being phenomenal things like that blows my mind that there's another human on the planet that would still be interested in doing that with me. I love it. Beautiful. And she is still, I, I mean, I, I, I'd be, I, I don't know how to lie. I mean, I still literally think like she is sexy. Like, I mean, I'm always grabbing her ass. I mean, I, I just, her skin does something to me. I mean, if she looks at me a certain way, I, I just, I lose myself. And I just, how is that even possible? 25 fucking years later, I just, uh, enamors me to no end. I love it. Cause every moment they're brand new. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's a jewel, man. And, uh, I'm, I, there's not a word cause I, I'm not sure if it's luck or blessed or this or that or whatever, but the fact that I, that, that gets to be a part of my experience while I'm here is, is pretty fucking cool, man. You deserve it, bro. You really do. Yeah. Thanks. Your last piece of advice for the next generation. Question everything, but not like it's a disease, not from a place of skepticism, already assuming that people are wrong, evil, or stupid but so that when you have to look back and live with all your decisions, you'll have felt that most of them were made at least from a place of conscious thought, not an unconscious whim that may have came from a belief system or something that you were handed or taught from a person that you don't align with. It's, it's like questioning everything, but from a perspective that I feel like really serves us well versus I think there's a type of questioning everything that actually could not serve us well. Yeah, questioning from a place of love and not fear. Beautiful. I don't know what your um, ideas or philosophies are on um, burial or being cremated, but- I wanna, be, I wanna be cremated. I love it, me too. And I, I wanna be, be made into a tree that bears uh -huh. fruit and also like a diamond of some sort that somebody can wear. Hmm. Um, I haven't looked into it enough to know what all those kind of options are. I just know that that's what resonates with me is, is to be cremated. So yeah. What do you want written on your urn? Like what is the line that you want written on your urn? Here lies Ryan. Well, the first thought that came to my mind was like more of like the funny version, you know? Yeah, maybe. Uh, but maybe there's more, more, but like the first line would just be like, that fucker lived his ass off. I love it. You know, and, and maybe a different version was, would be when I got to know that guy and I didn't misunderstand him, 
I realized what a, what a soul, man, what a deep lover of people and all things life he truly was. You can have both, right? Like for the old uh, Christian people, you'll have that one because you'll yeah. flip it over. And then right. on, the, on the second viewing, you'll yeah. flip it the other way. Because <laughs> they're going to show up anyway. So right. you, you just, I love it. You just flip it over. But make sure it. Caroline flips it over the wrong way. <laughs> Got him. Uh, I love it. Uh, I love it. <laughs> Here lies Black Baby Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> with a vagina with a vagina Imagine, like right before you die you like you switch sexes <laughs> fuck with them <laughs> brother i Good. i appreciate you so much thank you for coming on but before i finish my appreciation is there anything that we didn't touch is there anything that you would like to add to the listeners of this show um, that we just didn't get to? Pick up the phone and, and, and call that person um, if you have the ability to um, and, and be okay, even if the discussion is still a little heated. Um, don't be so quick to demand that anything go any certain way. Uh, constantly be open to things going different than your mind's trying to tell you that they need to go or that they ought to go. You know, I'm famous for saying all the time, thou shalt not shoot on thyself and thou shalt not shoot on others. And the truth of the matter is, is I just want to keep even challenging and questioning my, my most present ideas, my most present viewpoints and be open to being wrong again or or just being off base or seeing something in even you know greater light. So I, I feel like we covered the gamut. Um and uh it was a pure hour and 20 minutes of just like enjoyment because I felt engaged. Um and I I realized like I remember being around you and thinking I just want to live in Vegas so that Rome and I can hang out. And uh, you reminded me today, like that feeling still exists. Um, but I have a wife and three kids and that may not work out right now in the, in the flesh and blood. But um, yeah, you know, I, I seem to have, I, I feel like my real true friends in life are not people I actually get to physically be around that often. But I guess that's what makes them the real true friends. Cause no matter how long the actual gap is, we just pick right back up as if you thought we'd live together. And that, that's a real, that, that makes me extremely happy and brings me value, riches, um, beyond anything I feel like I could even try to measure in my own mind. It just, it's just the guardian angels that I have in my life and the people that, like, when I called this guy at Cornerstone Home Lending who I have so much love and respect for. And literally, Rome, I'm not kidding you, in like 10 minutes, as soon as he got the drift that I was like calling to see if, you know, there might be an opportunity for partnership and business. I mean, it was like, oh, the way he made me feel and how quick he was to say like, are you kidding me? Of course we want you. Absolutely. Like he, he was so excited 
and was almost just blown away that I had decided that was something that interested me again. And that blew me away that, that his love and respect had not changed from the last time we had connected, which honestly, I'm not sure I'd talked to him in a year and a half, two years, you know, I, I'm, I'm really proud of that. I, 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 I'm not any different than any other human man, but to be able to be that kind of person that a few other people on the planet would have so much love and respect uh, for me, uh, it just, it, it means a lot. And it makes me, it makes my life very, very rich, even in the midst of difficulty, you know, tough circumstances, things that, you know, frustrate me like anybody else. Um, if I, if I remain focused on that, man, I, 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 I could, I could close my eyes right now and, and never wake up. And I I've lived a full life, but I still plan on being here. Maybe another, who knows what I'll get. If I get 50 more years, I'm ready for it, but I'm also ready to have the lights go out too. Like it's a weird dichotomy and paradox to be okay with both, but I really am. Yeah, I mean, it's just to be okay with anything that comes, right? The great way is easy as long as you don't pick and choose. So The great way is easy as long as you don't pick and choose. Yeah. I might have to get that tattooed on my body somewhere. On your on your penis. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that one, so that when it's soft, it just like looks like a few letters. <laughs> you, get the whole, you get the whole thing. Oh God! Dude. I, I don't you, know how much space you're working with. Maybe script, or you are one of a kind. Well, you know, it always comes down to: Are you a grower or a shower? You know <laughs> what I mean? For sure. I love you, bro. Thank you for joining. Uh, me. Uh, I I believe the human beings that listen to this are going to get a lot of value and love from this conversation. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, I love you too, Rome. Thanks for having. Love me. you too, brother. Ciao. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And whether you listen to this one episode or all of them, I want to say thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for the support. Thank you for the love. Thank you for sharing the show with your friends. And thank you for the feedback. There's new shows posted a few times a week. So please subscribe on whatever platform you enjoy using the most because you don't want to miss some of these superstars I'll be having conversations with. And for the listeners that have been asking if I'm available for coaching or I do live events, the short answer to that question is yes. I have a few programs available, and it just depends on what's the right fit for both of us. One-on-one, small group study, and live events based on my methods for creating inner peace, freedom, and balance. The programs are going to be focused on wellness through all the tools that I've picked up in the last 15 years of flying around the world, learning, practicing, testing, and teaching. If that sounds aligned with what you are looking for, Click on the link in the show notes and fill out an application. I'll talk to you guys soon. I hope that you have a beautiful rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the Alchemy of Self podcast. If you resonate with our message, please show us some love by hitting the subscribe button and giving us a like. You can also visit our website at www.romza.com to continue your journey of self-discovery and keep up with our latest offerings. With love and harmony from all of us at the Alchemy of Self podcast.